You're listening to the British Baseball Podcast. Hello, baseball family. Matthew here with your history segment for the month of June, part of the British Baseball Podcast show. Uh, strap yourselves in this should be a better than most because a lot of action happens in june so let's start right now with 1870 so we're going up to washington uh well we're going to go to dingwall in scotland there's an article here from baseballgb.co.uk that i'll leave the full link to there's a great piece there by matt smith and the team um the washington dc evening star on the 13th of june 1870 Quoting, the American game of baseball has been instituted at Dingwall, Scotland. Dingwall was then a seaport in the extreme north of Scotland. Now, this suggests that not only was domestic baseball established earlier than previously thought, but the 1874 tour did not, in fact, represent the introduction of the sport here in the UK. Like I said, head over to that. The link is in the show notes and have a read for yourself and see what you think. 1871, Thursday the 15th of June, David Block mentioned in his book, Pastime Lost, a first known baseball game played in England when members of the Sheridan Baseball Club of Ithaca, Michigan, who were serving seamen aboard the American frigate USS Franklin, organised a game on June 15th, 1871, while on shore leave in a town of Gravesend in Kent. Going a bit further into the future, but not too far, 1890, Saturday the 21st to be exact, Preston versus Derby face each other at Deepdale, which is the home of Preston North End Football Club, for what is to be known as the first ever game in Britain in a structured domestic competition. It was the only match completed on the opening day of Britain's Pro Baseball League of 1890, and it was won by Derby, nine runs to six. Then in 1890, June 6th, uh, the annual... Well, the first annual meeting of the National League of Baseball of Great Britain is held at Queen's Hotel in Birmingham, with the Constitution being drawn up and agreed upon. The Constitution broadly follows the rules and regulations of the American leagues. It is reported that 90 baseball clubs now exist in the United Kingdom. Thomas Slaney, who is a president, and Harry Lockett, the administrator of Stoke Baseball Club, Francis Late, president of, uh, president of Derby Baseball Club, William McGregor, president of the Aston Villa Baseball Club, and James Allard on behalf of the absent William Suddle, who's the Preston North End Baseball Club president, were all in attendance with Morton Betts uh, being the chair. A National League schedule was confirmed for the four clubs with Aston Villa hosting Stoke on the 21st of June on the opening day. A 42-game season is agreed upon. Francis Slate will supply the pennants and badges for the winning club. Coming now to 1955, June 7th, the visit of Mr. Carl Stotts, the founder of the American Little League Baseball, um, attracted an interesting audience at the Kingston-upon-Thames Guild Hall. Throughout the lecture, he outlined the formation and progress of Little League. This lecture was one in a series which Mr. Stotts uh, has made in Europe. The main point being that by using the Little League setup as a basis, it could be adopted for other national sports to the benefit of youngsters in all countries. There were obvious difficulties which could only be overcome by amendments suitable to the locality, but the principles were very sound and greatly commended. In the audience were representatives from the Sutton Beavers, Epsom Lions, Mitcham Tigers, Dagenham Royals, Ford Sports, the South of the Southeastern League and Major John E. Gosner of the U.S. Air Force. 
Stotts and Major Gosner were surprised to find so many knowledgeable English baseball legislators in their audience. Now, I've come across this article from the Baseball Courier, issue number four from June 1963, called The Trimmel Pirates by John Varnum. Uh, what is or who are the Trimmel Pirates? The Trimmel Pirates are two leagues run by Mr. Sidney Trimmel of Erdington in Birmingham and are affiliated to nobody. Sid runs his own little baseball empire in the Midlands and doesn't want to know the British Baseball Federation, the National League or any other organisation. Rightly or wrongly, Sid is a dictator, and he is hated by the other Midland baseball authorities because his dictatorship flourishes. I first met Sid three years ago after the collapse of the Nottingham League, in which we at Leicester participated. We grabbed onto the nearest organisation that we could in order to sustain the interest of our players and keep the Green Sox on the map. The nearest was Mr Trimnell. Sid is a respectable gent of about 55, short and stocky, with grey crew-cut hair. His foghorn voice repeats swear words with monotonous regularity. I don't think he could say a sentence without swearing, but make no mistake, Sid has a baseball where his heart should be. While playing in the, North, in the Nottingham League, we heard various rumours about the Trimnell Leagues. We heard he was promoting baseball for financial gain, some hopes, Others said that he was paying some of his players, switching players from team to team. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, he must tip a fair amount into the game each season. His little black van is usually half full of baseball equipment. Where he gets it all from, nobody knows. His pride and joy is his youth organisation. From this source, he's built up his two leagues, having started with only one senior team, the Aston Monarchs when he broke away from the Birmingham League in 1953. It's Sid's proud claim that since the breakaway, he spent five nights of each and every summer night popularizing baseball amongst boys and coaching them until they reached a standard of skill, which enables that him to work them into the senior leagues. If his many critics were as active as, as he was on the field, then the game would be in a much stronger position. As I made clear earlier, Mr. Trimnell is a dictator. No committee decisions, no treasurer, no secretary, and what Sid Gay says goes. Fully enough, it's the smoothest run league that I know of. His ultimate aim is to develop his two leagues, the Mid-County League and the Inter-Cities League, into a sort of American League-National League relationship, having teams of equal strength from eight of the large Midland cities. Is a Trimnell empire good for the game or not? In my opinion, it is good for the simple reason that a man so devoted to the game cannot possibly harm it. Let us all live and let live. And that's a great, uh, great piece there by John Barnum. Um, I'd love to know what your thoughts and opinions are. So let's have a look at 1952. There's a spike in international baseball in 1952 with England, uh, not yet a full Great Britain side uh, formed, playing a number of events. These games, while competitive, did underscore a problem that could haunt efforts to put the national team on the field for decades, regionalism. On the 27th and 28th of June, the England side were in the Netherlands to play what is the evening news described as the important Dutch Jubilee celebration. The games were set up to honour the 40th anniversary of baseball founding in the Netherlands, 
Although England lost both matches, the games were still close. Still, the evening news site sits er. Still, the evening news organizers uh, for having a bias towards players from the north. According to the paper, the Sutton Beavers, which was a particularly strong team in the London area, sent the names of its three top players, but they were rejected. Ultimately, only one player from the south was named in the team. The first game was played at Ajax Stadium in Amsterdam. Han Banel Ban. Oh, I knew I'd get this wrong. Han Bonanello took the mound for Great Britain, and his opposite number was Hans Ubernus, who had attended spring training with the New York Giants that year and would go on to record a no hitter and two one hitters before the end of the season. Such was his caliber. The Dutch got ahead early in the game, holding three zero runs after five innings. Both teams played to the run in the sixth, and the Dutch extended their lead to five and one going into the eighth frame. Great Britain loaded the braces at the bottom of the ninth, and two runs scored thanks to the double by Vic Lamberech. The rally ended there. Urbanus was the Netherlands' most impressive player, according to the evening news. In a second game, which took place at the Sparta Stadium in Rotterdam, it was Great Britain with Bonanello again on the mound, who took an early lead. Um, the first walking the first batter uh, of the game, and Hansen came out to score a single off the bat of Nicholson. It was a lead that the visitors would hold on to until the bottom of the eighth. The Dutch scored all three of their runs in this inning, and Great Britain could not respond with their final three outs. According to the evening news, the first Great Britain error cost in the game. Bonello did not go the distance, being replaced with Lamberech towards the end of the contest. There were respectable performances amongst the strong international side, but the GB players left the Netherlands envious of the Dutch and their baseball setup. Going to 2006, there was a German tour. From the 28th of June to the 4th of July, GB travelled to Germany to play a demanding series of seven games in seven days against squads from the German top leagues. The Bundesliga, nine players with European Championship experience, competed for Great Britain, including mainstays Ian Young, Nick Carter and Alex Malahoudis. And a number of new players that, impre- that had impressive pedigrees, most notably Mitch Evans, a former New York Yankees minor leaguer. He joined the squad. Also making their GB debuts were Chris Falls, a former Division I college player at Mississippi Valley State, Michael Hunt, who played college baseball at Peru State, and Kyle Waddle, son of former Major League pitcher Tom Waddle. In the opening two games, GB took on Regensburg Legion, who boasted a 26-2 record in the Bundesliga. Although Regensburg prevailed in both matchups, the British team were able to generate considerable offence, scoring 14 runs in the first two games. Evans and Sam Whitehead both had four hits in the two contests. GB's next stop was Bingen. Although Great Britain put, put out a lineup featuring a number of less experienced players in the first two games, the team performed well, scoring two runs in the final inning of a 5-4 victory. Referee Hobbs Brown had three hits which included a triple, while pitchers Richard Chesterton, Michael Johnson and Roddy Lindbergh combined for a strong performance on the mound. In Game 2, Great Britain blew away the Hawks 15-2. Waddle threw a complete Game 3 hitter, while Hobbs Brown blasted a home run and Falls chipped in three hits and drove in three runs in the contest. The team then moved to Mance for the battle to battle the athletics before a crowd of 400 people. A GB squad led by younger members fell behind 9-2 
After a number of substitutions, the team rallied only to fall short 9-5. Whitehead had three hits and falls to the two doubles. The series concluded with two games in Cologne, one against the Cologne Cardinals and the other against the Bundesliga All-Star team. GB beat Cologne behind the hitting of Ed Jeffrey, Ben Goggin, uh, Hunt and Lidenberg, who hit a home run. With a 3-3 record, the, the final game against the Bundesliga All-Star team would determine if the squad's finishing above 500. Unfortunately, GB lost a tight match, falling 5-4 in 10 innings. False had two hits in the loss. Over the top hitters were Evans with a 500 batting average, Falls 462, Hobbs Brown 421, and Whitehead 0.412. So 2009, Sunday the 21st of June, in a game featuring the London Mets and Essex Arrows, TV show host Jerry Springer, those of a younger age, give him a Google, dropped by to chat baseball. He even did a little bit of base umpiring and had a bit of batting practice with pitcher Rob Anthony during the breaks in between games. Jerry told head coach Neil Warren how impressed he was with the London Mets club and the facilities at Finsbury Park, saying, quote, to run a youth programme reaching six and a half, six, oh, I'm saying that wrong, to run a youth programme reaching 6,500 kids a year in the inner city London is great. To do it with volunteers and almost no funding is amazing. And for those who want to know how the game went, the league-leading Essex Arrows continued their unbeaten streak to take both games from the Mets, although they had to fight back from a 5-0 deficit before they overwhelmed the, the Mets in Game 2 to run their season record to 16-0. 2015, Essex Arrows qualified for the CEB European Cup qualifier in Antwerp, Belgium, by virtue of winning the National Baseball Championships in 2014. The runners-up London Mets competed in a separate qualifier held in Croatia. 2015 marked the first time since 2005 that British club sides had competed in European competition. The CEB introduced a revised European Cup qualifier structure in 2008, creating four pools for the smaller clubs to compete in. Whilst many European countries were represented, the Belarus to Lithuania, Romania and Serbia, Finland to Norway, Austria to Switzerland, etc. Great Britain was a very notable absentee until the Arrows and the Mets competed in 2015. Competition summary, Essex finished fourth out of the five teams with a one and three record. The Arrows won their opening game against the Espo Expos from Finland by score of five to two. Uh, that was led by an excellent pitching performance by Pem Pearson, who went the full nine innings conceding two runs, one earned on six hits. Host uh, the Borger Hout Squirrels then beat the Arrows 18-3 in six innings before Croatia's split nada blanked Essex 7-0. So you have the British team one and two. Essex's final group game came against Stockholm and they led 3-1 up to the middle of the sixth inning. Uh, after which the Swedish team scored seven runs over the next three innings to hand the Arrows an 8-3 defeat. Split Nada then went on to beat Boghar Squirrels 3-2 in the final. All details are from the CEB website recorded here for Prosperity on Project Cobb. Final standings one in uh, top place was Nada split from Croatia. The Squirrels from Belgium in second place. Stock, uh, the Stockholm team in third place, Essex Arrows in fourth. And the Espo Expos from Sweden there in fifth. More CEB Federation Cup news going to 2018. The Southampton Mustangs qualified for the CEB Federation's qualifier in 2018 by virtue of being runners-up in the British um, National Baseball Championships in 2017. 
The champions London Mets competed in a separate qualifier held in Bulgaria. This was the Mustangs' third consecutive appearance in European competition. In 2016, they made it to the final of their qualifier where they were beaten 6-1 by Spain's Sant Boy. And in 2017, they finished third out of five teams with a 2-2 record. This time round, Southampton finished fifth out of the five teams with a 1-3 record. Their tournament started after, with uh, the disappointment of losing high-scoring game against Sweden's Sunniberg 17-14, despite leading 9-6 at one stage. Two further defeats followed against the host, the Salisa Ribnik and Switzerland's Zurich Barracudas, before the Mustangs ensured that they would go home with at least one win to their name, beating Lithuania's Kaunas County 10-6. Callum Vinal led the offence going 7 for 14, with Gary Davidson close behind 8 for 19 and hitting the team's only home run of the tournament. Vinal and Davidson also made two relief appearances on the mound. Zurich Barracudas beat KS Selis Ribnik 15 1 in the final. The final signs there were the Barracudas from Switzerland in top spot, uh, Ribnik from Poland in second place, Canuas County in Lithuania there in third. Fourth place, Sunderberg from Sweden, and the Mustangs there in fifth. A bit closer to home now, 2019, on Saturday the 29th and Sunday the 30th of June. As many of you will know, the first regular MLB season games played in Europe took place. The London series between the New York Yankees and the Boston Red Sox, which was held at the London Stadium, attracting fans from all over the country and around the world, with attendances of 55,000 on each day, seeing the pinstripe empire double victories. An amazing 17-13 on the Saturday and then 12-8 on the Sunday. Ollie Thompson and Rachel first throwing out the ceremonial pitches and Laura Hirai being the first ever ball girl for the New York Yankees and helping Brent Garner warm up too. June 28th in Gillingham, Kent, Medway Park hosted the very first game of Baseball Fives in the UK. Baseball Fives is a simplified version of baseball designed by the World Baseball and Softball Confederation, which is a five-on-five competition taking place with no bats and only a ball which you hit with your hand. And I hope to be more of Baseball Fives in the future. Uh, 2020, the 4th of June, the Sheffield Bruins are the first to announce that they are going to register and be part of the BBF Women's League with Bristol Baseball Club following close behind them. And on the 5th of June, Cameron Haag was appointed as the development coordinator for Great Britain Baseball, where he'll be working with coaches and players and their family. And that's it. That's all for me for this week. You've uh, earned a short episode because you've all been so hardworking and had excellent games. Don't forget the roundup shows on a Tuesday. And if you've heard anything on, on these history episodes that you'd like to hear more about, then drop me a line or hit me up on the old social medias at BritBaseballPod or email BritishBaseballPodcast at gmail.com. Similarly, if you've heard something that you think isn't quite true, let me know and let's discuss it on the next episodes and we'll put some amendments in there. As always, all this information is available on Project Cobb. Head over there and check out all the hard work that's been poured into that resource for British baseball. And I'll see you soon. Take care. Sarah.